This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's going on, everybody? Justin Morgenstein back with you here for another edition of Phillies Today. Winter meetings have come and gone, and the stove is in fact hot right now. A lot of moves around baseball over the past couple of days. The Phillies, not super active during the winter meetings, but they did extend Rob Thompson's contract. Uh, they took a few guys in the minor league uh, rule five draft. We'll get into that. Uh, also touch on some other Phil's related things like you know, Craig Kimbrell signing with the Orioles on a one-year deal, uh, potential Bryce Harper extension, believe it or not, and uh, some more free agent talk as the offseason rolls along. Uh, also wanted to make sure to set aside some time to just discuss some of the moves around baseball, uh, not relating to the Phillies as well, and uh, what they could mean for the Phillies and just the sport in general. So we'll talk. So to the Yankees, uh, the latest with guys like Otani, Yamamoto, Bellinger, Snell, and uh, also some of the uh, smaller moves that got made around baseball as well. So a lot of stuff to get to, but we will start with some Phil stuff here. They extend the manager this week. They extend Rob Thompson, uh, extend him through 2025, which is just a one-year extension on the previous two-year deal that he got after making the World Series last year uh, as an interim manager. Uh, wanted to bring up some Rob Thompson win numbers over his first season and a half because, you know, I'm seeing it with the Eagles as well and their coaching staff this week, but just the way people react or overreact uh, to coaches and managers based off what is just most recent uh, is always mind-blowing to me. And uh, here at the station this week, we had people calling for the offensive coordinator to be fired of a 10-2 and football team, uh, a guy to lose his job after, you know, he's had so much success this year. And it's kind of similar to what we saw after the NLCS with Rob Thompson. You know, did Rob Thompson have a bad series against the Arizona Diamondbacks? Yeah, I think it's fair to say that he did, even though he made what I thought were only a couple mistakes with you know, just his managing of Kimbrell and uh, you know, just what he did in Game 7 with the lineup. Should he have sat Johan Rojas when it was uh, you know bases loaded at the time? Sure, but uh, there are some mistakes that are definitely on Rob Thompson, but at the same time, uh, he is the big re- one of the big reasons that they got there. And the simple matter is, in the first two years he's been managing the Phillies, they were in a massive playoff drought, and they made a World Series appearance and an, and an NLCS appearance, which is you know come few and far. So uh, through his first 237 or 273 games as manager, not including the postseason, Rob Thompson is 155 and 18, which is 37 games over 500. Uh, the team is seventh in total run scores since he's taken over, and he's had two postseason appearances in two years. 
and a National League pennant. And again, this team, when he took it over, was not guaranteed to make deep playoff runs. Sure, did they have talent? Absolutely. But uh, they hadn't made the playoffs in over a decade, and he comes in and does the job that he's done so far and gotten them deep into the postseason two years in a row. Uh, He's made the clubhouse a place where players enjoy being and that other players from around the league want to come. Uh, It feels like he's just going to kind of ride out the success with this team. Uh, And until until this core ages, uh, he will be the manager of this ball club for sure. And uh, thought this, uh, and this is after he thought last year could have been his final year of coaching. And then Girardi ends up getting fired. Uh, He gets the big break. And uh, obviously the team just goes from there. And, uh, Rob Thompson, to me, is the perfect manager for this team, and I'm very glad that we've got our guy back moving forward. So wanted to lead off with that before we got into some of this free agent and uh, hot stove talk here. Rob Thompson back with the Phils for the foreseeable future. So, okay, winter meetings. Let's get to it. Uh, before I get into any Phillies-related stuff, I just wanted to say, overall, my favorite move of the winter meetings, I bet you can't guess what it was. Uh, it wasn't Juan Soto to the Yankees, wasn't Verdugo, uh, wasn't Eduardo Rodriguez signing. It was the Mets losing out on the Eric Fetty sweepstakes to arguably the most miserable organization in the Chicago White Sox. But they were both in on him, and he had a great season in the KVO just now. And a, a lot of people were expecting the Mets to sign him. Uh, I think it was almost an MVP, of the, or might have been an MVP of the league uh, over there in Korea. But uh, he wanted to be a White Sox, so he turns down the Mets and ends up electing to sign with the White Sox. Yeah, again, just hate to see that. But... Anyway, I guess the biggest Phillies-related thing to come out of Nashville this week was Craig Kimbrell signing with the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, never, not that I ever really thought he was coming back to the Phillies, but Kimbrell ends up getting a raise down there in Baltimore. Ends up getting a one-year deal for $13 million as opposed to the 10 he got from the Phillies last year. You know, is there some value in having Craig Kimbrell on your team? Yes. He had a good first half of the year. Then they just pitched him way too many innings, and he got burned for it. Uh, he's a guy that you have to find a way to conserve, especially given his age as well, or else you'll see what happened last year, where in the beginning of August, he just starts to fall off a massive cliff. Uh, and they needed him in big spots in October, and he just didn't have it. Uh, he's a fine right-handed guy to have out of your bullpen, but there's something about these high-leverage, massive situations that he always seems to find himself in that just end up going so poorly. And I'm glad I won't have to deal with the Craig Kimbrell experience anymore. I think it's safe to say he probably doesn't wear a Phil's cap on his plaque in Cooperstown. Yeah, that's all I have to say. But, again, you have to find a way to conserve him to manage his innings or else the velocity is going to drop like it did last year, and uh, it's not going to be good for the Orioles if they uh, come postseason time, need Craig Kimbrell to pitch some big innings deep in the games there. So, Craig Kimbrell, see ya. You're down there in Baltimore now. And, uh, yeah, the Phil's will have a new closer next year. And, uh The other piece of news that I thought was somewhat interesting to come out of the winter meetings in relation to the Phils uh, is that Bryce is talking about him wanting an extension, believe it or not. Uh, Like, it's funny to me because, obviously, he's signed through the 2031 season, but I'm at a point now where Bryce has lived up to everything you could have ever asked for on his end of the bargain and then some with this deal. And Middleton, whether he was joking or not, literally told him after game five, after they won the pennant 22, that he was underpaid. And, of course, that's after he hit the big home run. And you know, he was probably half joking. But at the same time, like, is he wrong? Uh, he's 21st in the league in average annual value, uh, making $26 million a year. And the simple fact is that he has an agent in Scott Boris who you know is always looking to make sure that his clients are taken care of properly. 
and then some. And Boris said last week or this week down in Nashville that Bryce has expressed to him multiple times that he wants to make sure that he ends his career in Philadelphia and that he wants it off his mind so he can play beyond the contract that he currently has and that he can just go out there, play first base, and be Bryce Harper. And uh, it makes a little bit of sense as to why he also wanted to switch to first base permanently because now between this and the first base thing, it kind of seems like he's going for the longevity challenge. Obviously, his primary goal in his career right now, he's won an MVP. Uh, he's won two MVPs, but he's looking to win a World Series. That's his new challenge. But at the same time, if he can play baseball for 15 to 20 years and have a career that's as long as that, it would make sense that this is the path he wants to go down. And, you know, that's what makes great players great players. They want to be able to play for as long as physically possible. And we'll see if anything happens there with Bryce. And again, I think if he tells John Middleton he wants an extension, it'd be hard to argue with him. But Bryce Harper is the heartbeat of this team. He's gotten free agents to come here. He's ever since he signed, changed the culture of Philadelphia Phillies baseball. And I I don't think you can deny him anything at this point. So would it be malpractice to just dish out a $20 million deal or $20 million years like into his upper 30s and low 40s? Sure. But at the same time, uh, if you can find a way to come to something reasonable to make sure that he is a Philly here for life, uh, I don't see an issue with that at all. So we'll see if anything comes of that this offseason. Last Phillies-related thing, but no major news in terms of free agency is the fact that uh, the whole town thought Jock Peterson was a Philly for like 20 minutes on Wednesday. That was like one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. He, Jock Peterson posts a picture on his Instagram with the fanatic, with dancing on my own, playing the background, which song dead, by the way. I uh, just want to put that out there. And uh, just uh, captions it, City of Brotherly Love. And then everyone obviously thinks that Jock Peterson signed here. Everyone's starting to justify the move on Twitter and yeah, there's so much discourse back and forth. And meanwhile, like no news has come out about a deal with Jock Peterson. So I wasn't sure why people were getting so excited, though, at the first place. Like he really doesn't fit the mold of what this team needs in another corner outfielder. He literally can't play the field anymore. He's lost most of his athleticism. And I know he's a good clubhouse guy, but at the same time, like you can't just have a ton of good clubhouse guys and uh, they don't have a fit on the field. He wouldn't have gotten uh, much time out there considering Schwarber's your DH. He's not going to take a corner outfield spot from Castellanos or you know, Brandon Marsh or whoever's out there, just considering he can't really play the field. But uh, then a few minutes later, after you know, that post comes out, uh, tweets start coming out. The Phillies had zero talks with Jock Peterson. The whole thing, I guess, was just him uh, stirring the pot. And it was just really weird. I was not uh, <laughs> I was not excited right when I saw that. But then when I saw I didn't sign him, I was like, All right, yeah, that makes sense because – why would the Phillies sign a honestly a worse Kyle Schwarber who strikes out uh, just as much and doesn't walk? And I just it would have made no sense to me if they had signed Jock Peterson. But the Phillies not very active in Nashville. It feels like a lot of free agency stuff has been delayed due to you know the Otani thing and just him really setting the market this offseason. But there are definitely some guys out there that I'd def I'd seriously be considering if I'm Dave Dombrowski, Sam Fold, and this front office. My opinions remain the same in relation to what they need uh, for the rest of the offseason, which is a corner outfielder with preferably a right-handed bat. Uh, the guys I'd be looking to fill that slot would probably be one of Soler, Teoscar Hernandez, Lourdes Gurriel, maybe Harrison Bader if you want some defense in the mix as well. And uh, by the way, 
Uh, Angel's uh, new GM said that during the winter meetings, Mike Trout is not getting traded, 100%. So take that for whatever it's worth on Trout. I know GMs have guaranteed that players won't get traded before, and then they end up getting traded. So uh, we'll take that for what it's worth. But at the same time, I really do not think the Phillies are trading for Mike Trout. But, again, I've been wrong before. So we'll see about that. And uh, after the outfielder, I think they need at least one high-leverage reliever. Uh, I would love to bring Hector back. I know there's been some talk there about that, but uh, I think his stuff would really play well if the other arms in the bullpen based off what he can do with that splitter. Uh, love Robert Stevenson from the Rays, another right-hander. Uh, I will say I've kind of gone a little cold, and it feels like the rumors have gone cold as well on Josh Hader. Uh, I think they could probably spend their money in better ways uh, than, I guess, a formerly dominant closer whose velocity is dipping a little bit. Uh, I'd probably go to the trade route for Bednar or someone like that if I wanted a bona fide stud closer uh, rather than signing Josh Hader to big money. Uh, I will say that I do still have a lot of trust in Orion Kirkring taking a big step next year and him one day possibly becoming a closer. I know he had some very early postseason woes, and uh, that's not going to get me off the uh, Kirkring train. So that could be an option if they don't get one of these big-name guys. And also – if you're a fantasy baseball player, could see as a potential fantasy option. If he uh, is up with the Phils right away closing games next year, could see you know, him getting a bunch of saves early on. Uh, I think his stuff is closer stuff. I think it's dynamite and uh, obviously had his struggles in the postseason a little bit last year. But uh, Orion Kirkring is going to have a great career as a Philly, and uh, I'm very excited to see what he can do next year in a full season uh, up in the big leagues. So, And the uh, last thing would be, some additional starting pitching depth, even though it seems like it may not happen at this point. Uh, a year ago yesterday, they signed Taiwan Walker to you know his lovely four-year, $72 million deal. And uh, the fact is they're going to have to depend on someone in Taiwan Walker who's been pretty undependable in the rotation. So that's what's going to happen if they don't make a move for another starter. If And besides that, their roster is pretty set. Like, they didn't lose many guys. Like, Reese Hoskins still out there on the market. I keep seeing the Cubs uh, in the rumor mill with him and, that would make a lot of sense to me just because they really need uh, some right-handed power from the DH slash first base position, which Reese would obviously be perfect uh, to provide. So I could definitely see Reese as a Chicago Cub, but yeah, the him and uh, you know, uh, Craig Kimbrell ends up signing with the Orioles and we'll see what happens with Lorenzen, but those are pretty much the only free agents that the Phils are losing this year. Everyone else uh, will return. So uh, wanted to finally get to some moves around the league. You got to start with the Yankees making that blockbuster trade, uh, the move of the offseason so far in acquiring Juan Soto. Soto goes to the Yankees along with Trent Grisham for Michael King, Drew Thorpe, Randy Vasquez, Johnny Brito, and Kyle Higashioka. Uh, what I make of it is San Diego obviously knew he was gone in free agency next year and just wanted to get the little bit of value while he was still there. They clearly were never going to pay him. Uh, they already paid Tatis. They already paid Machado, and uh, we'll see what happens with Snell this offseason if they want to try to bring him back. But the one thing with Soto, and this was interesting. I saw it on Will Middlebrook's podcast, and I saw him give an interesting take. And I want to preface this with saying that I know Juan Soto is a great player, and I would have absolutely wanted him as a Phil. Like, I would have wanted him as a Philly more than Mike Trout. Like, Juan Soto is incredibly young. I think still 23, 24 years old. And He's still like he's just reaching his peak, I think, and he's already won a World Series. He's come up with huge moments in the postseason. 
Uh, but the one thing with Juan Soto I'm looking to monitor is that he's such a great opposite field gap-to-gap hitter. With that short porch now at Yankee Stadium, it'll be interesting to see if his approach changes at all because it feels like when he struggles or when he's struggled over the past couple of years at times, he's always tried to pull the baseball. And with those dimensions in the Bronx, it almost plays to the opposite of how he hits. And I think that a right-handed guy like Judge, there's a reason why he has so much success there is he can get beat on fastballs and still hit them for homers the opposite way. So he's just got to be squaring up stuff. Like, that's why Aaron Judge is so good. He hits so many of those balls the opposite field. Uh, but I'd be interested to monitor the Juan Soto situation just to see if, you know, the ballpark changes his approach at all. This ballpark changes his swing because that's when he struggles. And uh, But, again, I think Soto and Judge, man, that's as good of a one-two as you could possibly get. But uh, you'd have to think the Yankees are still potentially on Yamamoto or Snell just because they could use any top-end starters after the year Rodon had last year. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, the Yankees certainly got a lot better, and uh, they'll be looking to obviously rebound after a year not making the postseason last year, which is rare up there in Yankee land. So uh mentioned Yamamoto. At this point, I am just praying that he does not go to the Mets. He's young. He's got incredible stuff. And it feels like there continues to be more and more reports of teams just being incredibly enamored by him. So – he just feels like someone the Mets and Steve Cohen end up giving big money to. Uh, I think he's going to be a really good man. And I think after Otani signs, you're going to see him be the next highest-paid free agent. And uh, since the Mets, from what it looks like, are not getting Shohei Otani, uh, from what reports are saying, I think that the next guy, best guy in free agency, the guy that's going to make the most money after Otani, will be his countryman, uh, fellow countryman in Yamamoto. So um, speaking of Otani, it is just – so blatantly obvious at this point that he's going to be a Dodger. Uh, I think he's going to be a Los Angeles Dodger next year. They've been clearing cast space for what seems like two years now for him, not bringing back Trey Turner, uh, not bringing back Seager, Bellinger, Scherzer, Justin Turner, a bunch of these guys. And uh, as of right this second, the Dodgers' payroll is less than the Colorado Rockies for next year, like literally. So I expect that to change. I expect Otani to uh, want to stay on the West Coast and be a part of what is potentially the best one, two, three of a lineup you could possibly have, maybe in baseball history, in Mookie, Freddie Freeman, and Otani, which, again, that just sounds ridiculous. Uh, it's, that lineup would be, like, how do you navigate that one, two, three? They're just three of the best pure hitters in the sport you could possibly find, and but they would be really fun. They would be really fun to watch, i got to say. But, again, they're in the National League, so the Phils would have to go through them, which – Will not be easy, but uh, yeah, again, Dodgers just feel like they've been clearing space for Otani uh, for what seems like a couple years now, and it just all makes too much sense. That deal just has to get done, and then once that deal goes through, it feels like a lot of these smaller deals will end up getting done, but uh, it's just the Otani domino has to fall uh, before some of these other things can get done. So there have been some other signings, though, over the past couple days, which uh, included the Diamondbacks getting Eduardo Rodriguez for four years, $80 million. Uh, had a great year last year for the Tigers, and uh, he'll add to that annoying rotation that the Diamondbacks have with Gallon Kelly and uh, the apparent Philly killer in Brandon Fought, who, uh, you know, they, they uh, he shut the fills down there in uh, the NLCS this year. So the Diamondbacks get another arm as they look to defend the National League. Uh, gross. But, yeah, it's uh, a move that I think it was a really nice little depth piece uh, for that Diamondback rotation. He had a good year last year in Detroit, so 
Uh, would expect him to be able to produce there in Arizona for them. Uh, Jaime Candelario goes to the Reds, three years, $45 million. Also had a nice year last year between the Nats and the Cubs, hit for some pop, and uh, will be a veteran down there with all those young guys in Cincinnati. So uh, I expect them to be serious NL Central contenders next year. Uh, had that nice little breakout year this year. Had a ton of young players, Spencer Steer, Matt McClain, obviously Elliot De La Cruz. Uh, Hunter Green, they have a nice little rotation. Uh, Andrew Abbott had a nice year for them starting pitching-wise. So they've got some good young pieces down there in Cincinnati. Expect them to be contending for a playoff spot again this year for sure. Uh, but again, this whole market just feels like it's waiting for the Otani domino to drop. Uh, the Soto domino is a big one, but uh, what number Shohei gets will dictate a lot. Because uh, I thought the Soto trade does bring up a bit of a question mark. For Cody Bellinger now, I will say, because I thought if the Yankees didn't make that trade, he was going to be in the Bronx for sure. Uh, now he'll have to see who else is interested because uh, obviously the Yankees are pretty set with their corner outfield between Soto and the uh, trade for Verdugo there. But um, yeah, that's where the Yankees are at. That's where the league is kind of at right now. But the last thing for me before I kind of wrap this up is the only other Phillies-worthy news I saw this week that I thought was worth mentioning is I saw the team is getting rid of the red jerseys. So uh, the City Connects will be coming out soon. Uh, I have to say, if it's just a jersey with a cheesesteak or a Liberty Bell on it, like I'm going to be pissed. Like I've seen all these towns and all these cities get some really cool City Connect jerseys over the last few years. Like The best ones to me have been you know, the White Sox uh, with the South Side on it. The Marlins red ones, super cool. I even like those Angels ones with the surfboards. I'm trying to think of any other ones. But those are the three that kind of stick out uh, in my mind. Uh, give me a good City Connect jersey. Like we, I know we're getting rid of the red ones. Like I'm totally fine with that. But don't replace it with some cheesy thing that you just slap the Liberty Bell on. Like have some thought with these jerseys because I'm ready. I like, take my wallet right now. I'm ready to just dish out money for these jerseys because uh, I think they've been really cool around the league. But there's some good ones. There's some bad ones. Uh, really hoping the Phils can get. A cool city connect jersey because uh, that's that's going to be easy money out of my pocket that I'm going to uh, you know invest in. So really excited to see those come out and uh, don't have a suggestion, but just don't mess them up. Yeah, whoever's in charge of that type of thing. So that is about it. Uh, some again exciting stuff going on around baseball right now. Just have to wait for this Otani domino to drop, and then a lot is going to start to happen around the league. Uh, a lot of uh, trades talks happening a lot of free agency talk happening so uh that was a good winter meeting down there in nashville but uh wasn't a ton just because of those two guys uh otani and the soto domino finally falling but uh before that uh those were the two big things that had to happen and now one is done so once otani is signed with somebody i think it's going to be the dodgers uh you're going to see a lot more moves uh being made around baseball so yeah, that is uh, going to do it for another edition of Phillies Today. Uh, we will be back once again next week, next Friday, hopefully talking about some moves that the Phillies made over the past week. For the Phillies 24-7 platform, this has been Justin Morgenstein. Have a great day. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.